morning, listeners. This is the Wacking Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the risk records for the wide receiver position. We did the running backs last week. You can check that out in one of our most recent episodes. Nick? Um, yeah, so we created a set of criteria to create these receivers, um, some of which being target share, total number of team passes, receptions, and surrounding talent. So basing those things uh, um, relative to each player, uh, a higher score would be bad and a lower score would be good. There's it's like few... golf. Yeah. Yep. It's exactly like golf. All right. You want to get us started off here with our number one receiver? Yeah. So we're going to evaluate the top 12 receivers like we did for running backs last week. And we're going to kick it off with the MVP from last year, Cooper Cup. He is very safe this year. He's a consensus number one wide receiver, average draft position. And I, I guess we can't really go wrong by drafting him. He had nearly a 32% target share last year, 145 receptions. So there alone, you're getting what, like eight points a game just yeah. solely off of his receptions. He could have zero yards and still get near double digits. Um, you know, LA is a pretty pass happy offense. They threw the ball over 600 times. The surrounding talent around Cup, I mean, he's the focal point of the offense. They, they do have Cam Akers. They brought in Allen Robinson, and they have Van Jefferson. But it's not like that's an extremely talented group around him that's going to suck a lot of volume away from him. Do you think A-Rob will see more volume this year than what we saw from Robert Woods when he was healthy and then Odell Beckham when he came to the team? I think it'll be pretty on par. I, I think combining OBJ and Robert Woods, they approached like 110 targets on the year. Don't quote me on that, uh, but it's around there. And I would label A-Rob as a 100 to 110 target guy. He'll probably bring in 75, 80 receptions this year and be valuable himself. 900 yards. Yeah, but yeah. he's not he's not going to challenge Cup for the throne of that offense. They did sign him for 50 million. So I'm a little bit concerned about what he could be, but we've all seen the connection with Stafford and Cup, and I think it's undeniable what they're going to do again. Yeah, I'm not expecting them to fall off. Uh, speaking of falling off, I don't expect Jettis to fall off with Kirk Cousins, do you? Not at all. Um, by the way, Cooper Cup had a score of negative 0.3 on our list. Second um, lowest. Yeah, second lowest. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to Justin Jefferson out in Minnesota. He saw a 29.9% target share last year. Um, this was without Adam Thielen for a few for a handful of games. Um, and now that Adam Thielen is also getting older, uh, people are expecting him to regress. But he doesn't really make his mark in target share anyway. He's more of a touchdown guy. So I don't expect this target share to change much for Justin Jefferson. Um, the team passes a lot. And Will with uh, O'Connell at coach, um, he sees a lot of four wide receiver sets, like to spread the field. Could see some more K.J. Osborne this year. I think he's proven that he can be a viable receiver. He was option. good when he was the wide receiver, too, during that stint. Yeah, but he's he's not even worth the draft pick. Uh, just saying I'm not. I'm not advocating to pick no. KJ Osborne anywhere, but yeah. So 108 receptions for Justin Jefferson, 15 yards per reception, um, surrounding talent. They have Dalvin cook, Thielen, uh, Irv Smith and KJ Osborne, all good options, but it's clear that Justin Jefferson has asserted himself as an alpha in this offense. Um, I think that he could possibly finish as wide receiver one. I definitely think it's in this range of outcomes and I'd consider taking him over Cooper cup, but you know, you'll get the volume with Cooper cup. Um, Justin Jefferson ended up scoring a negative two on this list, which is the lowest. Yep. The lowest. He, he was by far the safest and he's got a rare combination of high volume and high efficiency 
He is the only player with over 100 receptions to average 15 yards per catch. Uh, when you combine those things, great things happen. He led the league in air yards last year. I don't see him falling off at all. He's a superstar. He's already cemented himself as a top three receiver in this league. And I, too, I like if I was just going based off of my gut, I would take Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup as the number one wide receiver next year. My heart says Cup. My gut says Jefferson. Uh, I'll let my brain do the deciding factor there. As an owner of both last year, I can't stray away from Cooper Cup. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely see the upside with Justin Jefferson. Back to K.J. Osborne, I remember watching games last year, and they look identical almost on the field. I saw K.J. Osborne catch, like, two touchdowns in one game, and both times I started celebrating and then immediately met with disappointment. And I could see that happening more this year. With Kevin O'Connell yeah. in, in the fold, you might see both of them in the end zone quite frequently. And they look very similar. So just remember their number difference. <laughs> so our third guy is Jamar Chase. He's the consensus wide receiver three off the board. He imposes a lot more risk. I mean, we, ju- we just haven't seen a whole lot from him. And last year, he didn't exactly have that daunting target share that you want out of a wide receiver one on your team. He only had 23.7% target share which is still great, don't get me wrong, but it's not that 25% plus that a lot of these wide receiver ones carry. He only saw 15 red zone targets, so it's not like he's the red zone favorite. Uh, They spread the ball down there. I I just think he had such a rare occurrence of efficiency and production and touched it. Like he had 13 touchdowns off of 81 receptions last year. 18 yards per catch. I really don't know if he can follow that up again with those same marks. Yeah. Also with the emergence of T Higgins near the end of the season last year, T was kind of irrelevant to begin the season. And then he really started to perform. He had a 200 yard game with was it three touchdowns, I think. Against the Chiefs. Yeah. It was yeah. absurd what he did. I think that T Higgins is going to, it's, it's going to be more of a split between the two of them. In my opinion, I know not everybody would agree with that. Everybody wants Jamar Chase to be the wide receiver one clear cut on that team, but T Higgins is a great talent and he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Jamar. So I just did the Cincinnati Bengals projections. I had Jamar finishing as like excluding his result last year. He would have been the wide receiver seven from last year and T Higgins as a wide receiver 19. So I'm not nearly as high as consensus. You know, we have Chase going at wide receiver three and T Higgins will mention last in the show at wide receiver 12. I just think that pie isn't as big as people understand. Cincinnati is relatively balanced in their attack. Joe Mixon will have nearly 300 rushes, if not more again. Um, I just question, you know, how how efficient can he be? Obviously, he's not a guy that's going to tank from 18 yards per reception to like 12. That's just not his play style. But if we're near the normal um, streaky attacker at 15 yards per catch, you're already looking at a difference of over 200 yards for a season total and at 81 receptions, can he get more, especially with yeah. T Higgins um, playing a full 17 game season? My thing with Jamar chase is I think he had four, four or five, I think it was four uh, 50 yard touchdowns last year. And how much of that is fluke and how much of that does just inflates his yards per reception uh, statistic. 
Um, I remember there was one against the Ravens where he was falling down and he spun spun through. So how much of that's going to happen again? Those are like once in a career type plays and he had him in his rookie year. So that's really kind of skewing how I think about it. Do you think that's his norm? Because he is a special playmaker. He's really dynamic with the ball in his hands. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I think we can expect those big splash plays, but at what frequency exactly? Yeah. It's, it's what frequency is the question. I think they'll come, but it's too early in his career to really say, oh, it's not happening again. That was definitely fluke or no, this guy does that all the time. You can't say either of those things. I think we need a second season out of him. I think he might be going a little high in my opinion, but I'd rather I, have K, Stefan Diggs, even, 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 even CD. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jamar scored in the middle of the pack at three and a half. He, one thing that we discounted him for that we didn't really touch base with, well, we did, but the surrounding talent around him is so immense. I mean, you have Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd's the best wide receiver three in the league. And then you have Hayden Hurst, who's a, who's a sturdy tight end. Uh, Listen, like some drives are just going to end pretty freak, like quickly and Mm -hmm. just take points off the board, possible points for Jamar Chase. Joe Mixon might rip off a 20 yard run and find the end zone. T Higgins might catch a 45 yard bomb. Tyler Boyd might do the same. There's just going to, that offense is so high powered that at some point we reach a peak production level with each player. Yeah. So let's go to a guy who was traded this off season into uh, Las Vegas. He's now a Raider Devontae Adams, Uh, 32% target share in 2021, 15 red zone targets um 81 receptions and oh wait, sorry that's jamar chase uh 15 red zone targets i'm still reading jamar chase <laughs> Three, <laughs> restart 32 percent target share 62818 passes 123 receptions um got a lot of talent around him josh jacobs darren waller one of the best tight ends in the nfl yeah that was, that was a tough one to start today um hunter renfro who emerged last year um, but it's all ambiguous with Devontae Adams. He's on a completely new team, new quarterback, new coaching system. Um, I think that his sheer talent is going to get him relevance anyways, top five, top eight relevance. Um, I'm, a, I'm not nearly as high on him as I would have been if he had Aaron Rodgers passing it to him. And we included a little goat tax here, plus 0.5 of a point for uh, Devontae Adams because he is no longer with Aaron Rodgers. Um He's also missed 10% of, of his career games. So he has been a little bit injury prone. It feels like every year he misses like two, two, three games. Um, so he never has a full season. But when he's there, he's absurdly good. Um, and I think Derek Carr has really moved into that next level of quarterback, top 10 quarterback. Um, he'll be able to support Devontae Adams and the other uh, options around him. Yeah, so Devontae, it, it's hard to gauge any new wide receiver on a new team. Because, you know, how much does their volume and production translate to their new team? He saw over 120 receptions last year. I don't think he's going to see that in this Las Vegas offense, especially splitting targets with Darren Waller on a Renfro, two of the better volume magnets in the league. And then you also throw in Josh Jacobs. He's a capable running back who's going to finish a lot of drives off. Um, So there is a lot of talent around him. Derek Carr is definitely talented enough to support an elite offense. Um, that's why we didn't tax Devontae Adams as much as we did for other wide receivers in this top 12, seeing a quarterback change. Um, but yeah, you get a new receiver and a new team, and you just wonder how exactly they're going to fit in, 
especially when we didn't see like there's no Devonte Adams in Las Vegas prior to this. And there's nobody that could even fill his, his role. He brings his role to the table. Um, but I, nonetheless, I think he's going to pace Vegas in all receiving categories. He's a top three talented wide receiver, probably number one. If we're just talking raw talent, I think Tay's safe enough to feel comfortable as your wide receiver one. Um, but I've said it time and again that he can fall really anywhere in this wide receiver one range. I can see range of outcomes, him being the lead receiver. I can see him churning out a Cooper Cup-esque year. Um, he's got the capability. You're shaking his head. No. He has the capability. He can put up 20 touchdowns. Yeah, he, he does have the capabilities. But um, the Raiders, Derek Carr, he had Henry Ruggs, who was drafted in the first round, right? In 20. Yeah, he got yeah. a DUI. Well, okay, that was last season. But he was there for a season beforehand, and he did nothing. And he's a bust. He's a bust. You're comparing yeah, okay. a bust as okay. first rounder to he was a bust. He, he wasn't good, but what I'm saying is he was drafted to be the wide receiver one, and he put up numbers that were nowhere near wide receiver one numbers. I know Devontae Adams is far superior to Henry Ruggs, but you're I, saying you don't know if Derek Carr can support him. I'm saying, yeah, I don't know if Derek and Carr can support where you're drafting him at. I think that he is a low end wide receiver one this year. Honestly, I think the talent's insane, but yeah, I just, it's, it's tough to say with a new quarterback and a new system. I think his range of outcomes range from wide receiver, number one receiver overall to wide receiver 12. I think he's still in that wide receiver one range, regardless of how this season plays out. Fun fact, him and Derek Carr connected for 24 touchdowns in their final season at Fresno state. That was only in 14 games. So I definitely think Derek Carr, that, that, connection just doesn't go away it's still in their um innate nature to to feel comfortable with each other i mean they they were quarterback and receiver duo in college for two years and i think we see immense success from them yeah okay i mean i can see it i hope it happens because it feels like the receiver position wide receiver one position at least this year he scored at a two and a half that would be upper upper half but still middle of the pack our next guy, the wide receiver five consensus is Stefan Diggs. He's actually our third safest option. Do you want to go into him? Sure. Yeah, I can talk about Diggs. Um, so Josh Allen has really improved in the last two seasons with his passing accuracy. I know that was a big hit on him um, in his first year in the NFL. But Diggs has seen a 26.5% target share in 2021, 665 total team passes, 103 receptions. Um it's a high-powered, high-octane offense. They're going to get down the field fast. They do it often. Um, but with a quarterback like Josh Allen, he knows how to spread the wealth. We saw Emmanuel Sanders in flashes. We saw Gabriel Davis in flashes. Um, and everybody on this, I know there's no longer an Emmanuel Sanders on this team, but I think Davis really steps up this year. So when it comes to surrounding talent, there's Dawson Knox, a tight end, who proved that he could catch touchdowns at least. Not really much else, but he was um, a fairly decent red zone threat. Um, they drafted James Cook. Uh, they have Devin Singletary, who kind of turned it on at the end of the season last year. I think in week 18, he had like 25 fantasy points, 23 fantasy points, numbers slipping me. But um, yeah, and Gabriel Davis had a game with 200 yards and four touchdowns. I can see that he really moves into that wide receiver two role on a high-powered offense. But I don't think that takes too much away from Diggs' target share. 
Um, do you know how many touchdowns Dick scored last year? Dick's had 10 touchdowns, and I think he's going to be a repeat double-digit offender. Yeah, 10 touchdowns isn't like a crazy number. I could easily see him hitting that or exceeding it again. Um, I don't see – there's. it's really hard to pick on Diggs because the offense is so good. Um, I just don't see him not having a very involved role in putting up wide receiver one numbers. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo is one of the highest-powered offenses in the league, headlined by our fantasy MVP and Josh Allen. Well, Cooper's the MVP, but Josh Allen's the most valuable quarterback. Yeah. And with him at the helm, we know it's going to be a very high-powered engine. And Stefan Diggs, he's it's a guarantee that he's going to have greater than a 25% target share. He had 29.5% in his monster 2020 season. Last year, he was, I think, 25.4%. So his, his volume is definitely there to be an elite wide receiver. I actually think Stephon Diggs is the safest wide receiver one. I think it's a slam dunk that he's a top six wide receiver this year. He's relatively healthy throughout his career. He's only missed less than 9% of his career games. Um, so he's going to be on the field. He's going to see about seven, eight catches a game. He scored at a negative 0.1, which would be the third lowest score. And yeah, I, I just think he's Josh Allen's favorite and I want Josh Allen's favorite. I mean, I do think that he's a very safe option, but there are two guys that I think are safer and our scoring system also agrees with me. Yeah, a couple of Jefferson, I, but... I would probably say that, but it, in a, all actuality, I'm probably not going to spend a first round pick on Cup or Jefferson yeah. unless if they fall to me to that like seven, eight, nine spot. Um, Stefan Diggs, if I'm at that 10, 11, 12, I'm probably either going to take him in the first round or hope he can fall back to me because he, he's who I want as my wide receiver one. He's uber reliable, very consistent, going to give me at, at the very least 15 points per game. Yeah. I think that the stars have aligned for Diggs to be a top five receiver as they were aligned for the last two seasons. Um, he didn't really last year, it just seemed kind of like where is Diggs? But I think this year, nothing's changed in the offense. If anything, they've gotten a little bit better. Um, I think with the emergence of Gabriel Davis, it'll actually aid Diggs, um, maybe uh, find find an open spot in the secondary a little more often because they have to worry about a second threat. But yeah, I think Diggs is a very safe option this year and our scoring system agrees. Yeah, uh, so we go from the third safest option in Stefan Diggs to the third riskiest option. He might be the top risky like elite wide receiver you can take this year and that's Debo Samuel he scored at a 9.2 that would be the third highest in the top 12 but by far the highest for that upper half of this range look Debo had a 28% target share as offense but on a team that only threw the ball 514 times last year and they have a new quarterback in Trey Lance so we don't really know what they're going to do next year how strong their quarterback play is I definitely see his target share decreasing and the total team passes either staying the same neutral or decreasing as well. With Trey Lance, you're probably going to get sporadic play. I mean, I, there's not too many second year quarterbacks that are ultra reliable, except mm -hmm. for Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow as of recently and Kyler Murray, I guess. Um, but look, he, contributed what nearly 80 points on the ground alone actually more than 80 points nearly 100 i think it was 90 98 or something like that yeah. from his rushing production we don't know if he's going to see that again that was his big issue with the 49ers he reported to training camp or otas 
the other day. So it's not like he's still holding out, but I think they're going to agree on a role that is less of a hybrid and more of a receiver, traditional receiver. And then you look at his efficiency, who's stupid efficient last year at 18.2 yards per reception. He led the league. Does that decrease if he's more of just a receiver or a receiver? Um, I like Debo is kind of like an anomaly. So it's usually very hard to grade a receiver in the rookie year or in their second year or a receiver that just changed teams and has a new quarterback. But Debo isn't, he doesn't fit that category. He does have a new quarterback, but he didn't change teams. It's going to be a similar offensive play style, I think. And it's all going to be run first, um, pass second. But um, yeah, with Trey Lance, you don't know how accurate he's going to be. It's also hard to look at Debo when it comes to, um, he, he ran the ball 11 times in the first nine games of the year and then 48 times in the last eight games of the year. So, and he's talked in the, in the offseason about not wanting to run the ball at all. He was holding out because of that. Um, is he going to see that running volume? I don't know. And then in that second half of the season, we also saw Brandon Ayuk emerge. So there's really just a lot of moving parts in Debo's situation that just haven't settled down yet. I don't, it's, it's just very difficult to rank this guy. I think that he is a super efficient player in general. Every time he yeah. ran the ball, he, it was like he was unstoppable. I remember watching the game against Cowboys in the playoffs and it was just Devo's Everybody show. Everybody bounces yeah. off of him. His quads are, he's got like AJ Dillon quads, but yeah, I don't, I don't see him slowing down to the point where you can't take him. There's just a couple guys that I just feel safer taking. I mean, I'm not going to blame you and I hope he, I hope he performs because Debo is an awesome player. I just, it's, it's hard to tell with the new quarterback and him not wanting to run the ball, which was very beneficial for him in fantasy. It's just tough. It's tough to breathe right now. Yeah. And he did lead the team with 77 receptions. That's not exactly elite wide receiver one category, but his efficiency definitely offsets that again, over 18 yards per catch. One thing about Debo is that he does have a lot of injury risk. He's missed 22% of his career games. Granted, he has a short career so far, but he missed nine games in 2020 due to a thigh injury, um, missed a game last year because of a groin injury. So I, I just question just exactly what his role is. I think he's far and away the wide receiver one in San Francisco. I don't think I truthfully challenges him for that. But, you know, we got Elijah Mitchell back in the fold. We have a healthy running back core. So you take away his rushing production and he's not a wide receiver one last year. Do you know his yak stat at all? Oh, it's, it's, cr- like it's the, the highest, right? It's, yeah. It's far and away crazy because yeah. he has an a dot that was like outside the top hundred in the league. Yeah. I mean, the dude gets a lot of like screens set up for him. And then, Oh, another thing that we got to think about is what happens without Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan was the, play caller, Mm -hmm. but Mike McDaniel was offensive coordinator and he's the one that designed a lot of those plays set forth for Debo Samuel. So just how different does that offense look? I'd much rather have a couple receivers right around the same ADP than Debo Samuel rather take CeeDee Lamb. I'd even reach for Mike Evans over him um, and take everybody in front of Debo so far. So that brings us to our next guy and that's Tyreek Hill. Another risky wide receiver, veteran wide receiver. He enters a new offense in Miami. We don't know what the hell that offense is going to pertain with because they have Mike McDaniel as the head coach. 
the play calling guru. Um, there's already Jalen Waddle, who was established as a far and away wide receiver one in that offense with Tua. And again, Tua is his new quarterback. So just what exactly can we expect from Tyreek Hill? Um, see, I really like Jalen Waddle. I'm almost um, apt to taking him over Tyreek Hill this year, but I can't, I just can't make myself do that in a draft. I just don't have the balls. But um, I don't think that they have the same role. I don't think that Jalen Waddle's role changes much. I think he still gets a thousand yards this year, 1100 yards. Um, and then Tyreek, more of that deep threat. I don't see Tyreek beating him in yards, receptions, maybe touchdowns. I see him beating him in touchdowns, but I don't see him beating him in yards or receptions. Definitely yards per reception because Tyreek is going to be down the field. But there's been. I don't know. I, I can see both of them being unlocked. I mean, Cedric Wilson is there as a starting yeah. slot. Um, they both could be freed up. But yeah, Tyreek's nature is to be the downfield threat. Did you see what Tua said? Or uh, not Tua, Tyreek said about Tua? Yeah, more <laughs> accurate than yeah. Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how much of that was just to hype up his new quarterback, but uh, yeah. Like Devontae Adams getting an Aaron Rodgers tax, uh, Tyreek got a Patrick Mahomes tax because we just don't know how much of his production was solely from the arm talent of Patty Mahomes. I mean, nobody has the arm strength, deep ball accuracy Mahomes does. Um, was Is Tyreek truthfully like a top five receiver, which he's turned out fantasy seasons for over his entire career? Or was that a derivative of Patrick Mahomes' talent? I think he's just a speedy guy who uh, fed off of Patrick Mahomes running across the field, throwing an underhanded pass across the field again, 60 yards in stride yeah, I mean, to Tyreek. They were the perfect duo. Um, Tyreek scored at a 4.1, which was the fourth highest um, right below Debo. That was quite a jump from 9.2 to 4.1. Um, but Tyreek had 111 receptions last year. He was a little less efficient at only 11.2 yards per reception. Uh, strange year for him, a uh, much higher volume last year in Kansas city than what he was used to. And I just question just how much volume he can get with Jalen Waddle there as the one, a one B situation. And yeah, I projected Jalen Waddle to outscore Tyreek Hill and my Miami dolphins projections. And he scored at a 4.1, which is fourth. Yeah. Fourth on our list. So that's not the greatest. Um, so let's move on to CD lamb. I love this offense in Dallas and I hate the Cowboys just like everyone else should and does um, without Amari Cooper there this year. It's the DAC, it's the CD and it is the Dalton Schultz show um, high paced offense. They throw a ball a ton, 640 passes in 2021. Um, CD did have a very low target share for what you want out of a wide receiver. One, like he was a wide receiver too. He was know? well, essentially one, a one B kind of thing. We offset a lot of his production stats because we understand there's a catalyst. Amari Cooper's gone. He it's going to yeah. assist in all the stats. Yeah. It's not like a, like a shoot, a Stefan Diggs and a Gabe Davis where it's a clear one and a clear two. With Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, it's, they're both top-tier receivers. So, yeah, 20% target share, that's going to rise. I can see it hitting, like, around 27, 26, 27, maybe higher um, with just how much this offense Michael passes. Michael Gallup's gone. Too, yeah, Michael Gallup's also gone. For yeah, beginning of the season. He's injured. But, um, yeah, I think that it's he's going to just receive a ton of targets from Dak Prescott. 11 red zone targets last year, uh, low um, based on our preference, but – I think that also rises. Dalton Schultz has proven that he's a good red zone threat as well. So we don't really know. CD's not much of a touchdown guy. He, he's, he can be. I remember seeing a pass where he 
the insane yes body control just absurd um 79 receptions last year uh very low but i also see that rising i expect all his stats to rise without amari cooper and hopefully a healthy backfield or just a backfield that relies on one guy and there's not so much attention drawn to it i feel like that's a distraction for guys um and i hope it's pollard honestly i'm tired of seeing zeke waddle around on the field they're both going to be on the field though. yeah um cd has zero career non-covid misses i I think his absence this past year is because of covid i couldn't find any injury history for him um yeah this is a guy that we're expecting to take a large leap forward so when forecasting his risk based off of last year we have to understand we have to factor in what changed for him over the offseason amari being gone is a big one he's going to see jumps in production I, I really like CD's chances to be a strong wide receiver. One, when we talk about the range of outcomes, he's one of the few guys that I think you could say could take the throne as a top overall receiver. Yeah, he is he's my guy at receiver this year. Um, if I'm drafting in the middle of, uh, of a draft and I get a running guy, I get like Najee Harris or Joe Mixon or someone in the first round and it comes back to me in the second round and there's like, Aaron Jones is the best running back on the board or Saquon. I'm really considering taking CD there. If he makes it back to me, I think he's got wide receiver one potential this year. Yeah. And he scored at a two. So he was tied for the fourth safest option. And I think that's reflected on just, just how pass heavy Dallas is. He's the number one option for Dak. That's a very fantasy friendly position to be in. There's no Amari Cooper. um, No Michael Gallup to start the year. He's the only sustainable guy in that receiving room um that can handle 10 12 targets a game aj bust yep aj bust is the new record holder he is far and away the riskiest wide receiver one you can draft this year yeah i'm not a fan of aj brown moving to um philadelphia jalen hurts he's shown that he can pass the ball but the uh coaching staff hasn't shown that they can trust him um, they, they t- there were talks all season about benching their quarterback, who was number three in fantasy through most of the season, um, then uh, fell, due, fell due to some injuries. But yeah, so Jalen uh, Hurts, um, the addition of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith emerged last year as a potential wide receiver one for this team. I just don't see how Jalen Hurts can support two wide receivers. I can see how he can support one wide receiver, and I think that he picks one or it's split and you get two wide receiver threes here, like in terms of fantasy, sorry. But yeah, 1A, 1B is what it's going to be. And A.J. Brown is the 1A. He's a better receiver. He's been great on uh, Tennessee, but he's always injured. He missed 12% of his games in his career, four games in 2021, and he just never seemed to come back in 2021. He had like two good games once he returned. Um, 11 red zone targets. So that's also low, according to us, uh, 494 team passes um, in Philadelphia, which is lower than most of what other receivers are receiving on this list. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia threw the ball the least amount of times. In the yeah. league. They were the absolute bottom. And A.J. Brown's a guy that has always been coined on his efficiency. Like that was his big thing as a rookie. He only had 51 receptions, but went over a thousand yards. He was averaging 20 yards per catch. Um, but we've seen that efficiency just dip each year since that rookie year. He started out 20 yards per catch. Then we went down to 15 yards per catch. And this past year was 13.8 yards per catch. And I just don't think he's going to see enough volume 
in this Philadelphia offense to warrant that wide receiver one uh, tier because Devontae Smith is as strong of a wide receiver two as you can get. He already has that rapport built up with Jalen Hurts. I, I see them both struggling to reach any higher than like with the wide receiver 24 range. Um, I, I just am not a big fan of him. I really am not. He saw a 27% target share in Tennessee last year, and he still was awful. Yeah, I just don't like the team, the quarterback, the offense, uh, his injury history. All signs point towards uh, straying away from A.J. Brown this year. He scored at 11.7. That was by far the highest. Um, if you're drafting him at wide receiver nine where he's going on average, you're an absolute sucker, and you need to reconsider. A.J. Bust. All right, so uh, you want to move on to Keenan Allen? Yeah, we're going to go to Keenan Allen. He's the consensus wide receiver 10 this year. Uh, he did score in the middle of the pack, tied for Jamar Chase for fifth riskiest. Um, but the big knock on him is he's getting old. Um, he's had injury history in the past. He's missed 20% of his career games. He has a lot of talent surrounding him. Mike Williams, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler, very important there. Josh Palmer, I think, is the name to mention, yeah. too. He yeah, so three there's last a, year there's, and Jalen Guyton. They yeah. share that wide receiver three spot. But with Justin Herbert, you can end drives pretty quickly. Um, you know, he, there might be drives where Mike Williams caps it off with a 50-yard catch or whatever. And Keenan Allen, he's a guy that is solely volume. I mean, he had 106 receptions last year, so he has a safe floor, but he only averages 10.5 yards per catch. So it's not like he's very efficient with those touches. He's had six touchdowns in four of the last five seasons. Um, so it's not like he's a red zone favorite either. It's a 1A, 1B type situation with him and Mike Williams in a very pass-heavy offense. So I, I feel safe drafting Keenan Allen as my wide receiver two, but I don't I don't know if I want him as my wide receiver one. Yeah, I definitely a wide receiver two for me. Um, Mike Williams is going to lead the team in touchdowns, uh, yards per reception. I don't know. Probably yards. Maybe yards. I'm I can see yards. it. It's going to be tight. I mean, he yards. averages like 15 yards per catch for a career. But he doesn't catch as many passes as Keenan. Not quite, but I, I feel like you're going to see that um, gel together. Do so you think Keenan's target share goes down? I don't think it. All right. So he had a 25.1% target share. I don't think it necessarily goes down by a whole lot. I still see him racking up 100 receptions on the year. Um, but like his efficiency, if you're only getting 10, 11 yards per catch compared to Mike Williams with the splash 16 yards per catch, you know, that's inflated by 40, 50 yard receiving touchdowns. I think Keenan Allen's points are very tough to come by. I mean, I rostered him last year as my wide receiver too. I thoroughly enjoyed it because I could rely on 14, 13, 14, 15, 16 points a game. Um, but he just lacks the upside to warrant anything higher than a low end wide receiver one rank so that's that's why he scored a little riskier in our wide receiver one rankings because he's not necessarily a fantasy wide receiver one i don't think so if you think that mike williams is going to beat him in yards and touchdowns yards per reception do you think mike williams finishes higher in fantasy i just PPR? I, I just did the la chargers projections and i had mike williams outscoring keenan allen by less than a point so they're they're very close to each other in my eyes. And last year they finished back to back Keenan Allen scoring 11 more points than Mike Williams. I think this year, Mike Williams outpaces him ever so slightly. Um, he is getting up there in age, but I, I think Keenan Allen's safe 
in PPR format, you know his floor is very high, but his ceiling is very low too. So that's why if you're if you're relying him as, on him as your wide receiver one in fantasy, you're losing a lot of upside. You can almost get Mike Williams as a wide receiver three too. So I He's going in the sixth round. Yeah, you definitely can get him almost wide receiver three, depending on how your draft goes and who has their eye on him. But yeah, I think that's just insane value. So let's move on to the consensus wide receiver 11, Mike Evans in Tampa Bay. Um, he is going to be the primary and basically the only target for Tom Brady for the first six, until eight, Godwin's 10 back. games. Yep. Until Godwin's back. Um, Tom Brady did reach out to Russell Gage and try and get him uh, to come to Tampa Bay. He called him, but I don't, I don't know how good Russell Gage is. He had his chances in Atlanta, and it just he, he never lived up to it. I remember, oh, Calvin Ridley is uh, going through some mental health issues. He's not playing anymore. Everybody scrambles to pick up Russell Gage if he happened to be on your waiver wire, which I hope he wasn't because he was uh, already a fairly relevant player. But um, he just never moved into that next level that we wanted to be. He, I, I was scared to start him, and I had him. Um, I do think that the quarterback change changes everything. It's Tom Brady. He knows how to work with receivers and find them open. But yeah, so back to Mike Evans. I don't know why I'm writing about Russell Gage right now. Uh, Mike Evans had a 16% target share in uh, 2021, which is very, very low. Um, they did I have saying they throw the ball 731 yeah, times. Yeah, so. so there's it's the wealth is spread in Tampa Bay. Um, 20 red zone targets. He's known for being a crazy touchdown guy. There's games where he has two catches, two yards, and two touchdowns. I remember that stat line in 2020. It was actually pretty funny. I was playing against him that week, and it was upsetting. But, um, yeah, so you know he's going to get touchdowns. I think without Chris Godwin, he gets more yards, more receptions, only 74 receptions in 2021. That's going to spike for sure. Never had a season below 1,000 yards. Uh, I don't know another receiver off the top of my head that's done that. Nope. Um, Not in the first seven years. Yeah. Yeah. He averages nine touchdowns a year throughout his career. And with Tom Brady, he's averaging a touchdown every 8.3 targets. So he's going to see a lot more volume with Chris Godwin gone. I do agree with you there. We don't know if Gronk's coming back either. Um, This is one of the most pass heavy offenses in the league. Mike Evans is the top guy in there. And I think his red zone threat and just his overall consistency year over year warrants him a low score. And he did score tied for the fourth lowest um, with CeeDee Lamb at a score of two. I, I just think there's a level of content, contentness I have yeah. with Mike Evans as my wide receiver one. Um, you got Brady throwing him the ball, the overall consistency, whether it was Jameis, Winston, whoever just- in between. Yeah. yeah. And the thing with Mike Evans is you can get him as what your wide receiver one if you take him almost in the fourth round sometimes is where he's falling. I've seen um, third to mid, fourth. Mid-third, yeah. Yeah. If he can fall to me in the third, late half of the third, oh, I'm swiping in. So if you want to plan on that, you can stack running back in round one and two, and then Mike Evans is there, wide receiver one talent going in the third round, you're set. I think he could see 15 receiving touchdowns this year. Like that's that's definitely in his range of outcomes. He's been close the past two years, and now without Chris Godwin, I think I think he's safer than people think. Um, he only had 74 receptions last year, not a too large of a target share, only at 16 and a half percent. Like we said, 
but I, I think he's a lot safer with those numbers that are going to be inflated this year without Godwin. Yeah. So we're going to go to our last wide receiver one, quote unquote. Um, T. Higgins has been the consensus wide receiver 12. He rated at the second riskiest wide receiver one you can draft. He scored at 10.4, and that's understood because he's the second receiving option in his offense. Jamar Chase is above him. Um, he's also the lowest ranked wide receiver in the wide receiver one range. So it is risky to rely on T as your, your number one guy. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati's not that pass heavy. People think they're airing it out, you know, 600 times in a season. No, they had 555 attempts last year. They're not that pass heavy. He's the second receiving option. Like we mentioned, it showed he only had 74 receptions, uh, less than a 24% target share when he was healthy. And he's, he missed three games for a shoulder injury last year. So you do have to kind of think about that. But I, I just think Cincinnati's offense, the same reason as we use for Chase, we'll use for Higgins here. A lot of drives can be cut short because there's so many playmakers in this offense where T. Higgins is going to lose opportunity to touch a ball for a whole quarter stretch of a game. And without that consistency, I, I just don't know if I really even want T. Higgins as my wide receiver one or wide receiver two see i think that they both will it'll be when jamar chase is performing you won't see much of t higgins and then i think that same thing happens. we didn't see much overlap last year no um yeah i don't see this offense really supporting both in the same game um i think they support both throughout the season but same game there it's going to be a, a jamar day or a t higgins day and that i think i think jamar chase is more risky because of that he can there's it's likely that he'll disappear in four or five games this year and drop two catches for 30 yards, maybe a touchdown if you're lucky. But I think T Higgins is a very talented receiver. I think that Joe Burrow is a very talented quarterback. They unleashed him at the end of the season last year. And when they unleashed him, T Higgins eight in playoffs and to finish the regular season. And they came into the league together too. So they had that, they had that rookie and sophomore connection. They entered their third year together. That's something to, think of um i i like t as a player but i just think he's being overdrafted at wide receiver 12 there's a lot of receivers in that wide receiver two range that i would much rather have than him especially because he's the secondary receiving option in deontay johnson um to be determined okay. right. De deontay i don't know pittsburgh's just a dumpster fire i think oh, this year come. All right, so that's our top 12. Um, we're going to refine these models. They, they do show something, some sort of accuracy. A.J. Brown's the riskiest wide receiver one you can draft this year. T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, the next three riskiest wide receiver ones to rely on. Um, I, a lot of people would agree with that. And then we have Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cups, Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb as the safest four, and I, I think that's accurate as well. So um, this, this method that we're using is accurate to some extent. Mm -hmm. We'll refine these processes for both wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, and tight ends, um, all nine yards. Yeah. So Intuitively, it makes sense. Those are the guys that you would think are safer and yeah. the riskier. Yeah. Well. So give us a follow on Twitter, on TikTok, at Wagby Fantasy. We've been trying to ramp up coverage on TikTok here, along with Twitter. Subscribe to our newsletter, please. I mean, it, it's free content. What else would you want? I mean, it's got everything 
everything you need from a manager's perspective. We're making it oriented to benefit the fantasy manager. We're not giving you the answers. We're giving you the intelligence to be. You don't lose better. anything. It's free. Exactly. It's go free. to go to www.wagonyfantasy.com. Subscribe. All we need is your email and for you to click that confirmation email. There we go. We are done. We'll see you next week. I love free things. I'm gonna go get a free McGriddle. About to go to Tennessee here, so I'll see you next week, folks.